Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Avinu, uh, we thank you for your faithfulness and uh, your love and uh, your presence this morning. We pray that your word would go forth to encourage your people, O God, and that we would uh, grow in the knowledge of you. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Tractate Sanhedrin 98b in the Babylonian Talmud tells us a story about a rooster and a bat. And the day of the Lord. Are you intrigued? Yes. Okay, good. So, uh, of course, the Talmud is, is not elevated to the level of Scripture. That is the Torah and the writings and the prophets and the New Covenant writings. But it is helpful uh, as part of our tradition to, and, and, and it talks a lot about the Scripture and, and, and the interpretation thereof. So this is uh, from that, from the Talmud, quoting and expounding on the book of Amos, uh, chapter 5, verses 18. This is what the Talmud says. Rabbi Simlai taught, what is the meaning of that which is written? Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have this day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. Amos 5, 18. It is comparable to a rooster and a bat who were looking forward to the light of day. The rooster said to the bat, I look forward to the light, as light is an indication of my time to be active. But as for you, why do you need light? Nighttime for you is like daytime for me. The day of the Lord, Yom Adonai. It's even called the Yom Adonai Hagadol, the great day of the Lord. Doesn't sound like something you would want. Sounds kind of terrifying, doesn't it? So the question the Talmud is asking is, are you the rooster? Looking forward to the light of day because that is your time to shine and sing, Or are you the bat, the bat who is naturally blind, who thinks they are looking forward to the day, but it's really foolish for them to think so? So is this day of the Lord something to look forward to or not? And why did I say the great day of the Lord? Well, because today is Shabbat Hagadol, the great Shabbat. And many scholars believe that this is because It is the Shabbat, of course, before Passover, and so it is connected to the Passover story. And it is also connected to this week's Haftarah portion, which Jacob expounded on in Malachi. And it mentions in that text the great day, the Yom Hagadol, the great day of the Lord. So what is this great day of the Lord, and how should we prepare? 
Should we prepare like the rooster? Or should we prepare like the bat? Well, first, we must define what we mean by the day of the Lord. And when I say that, you probably have an image of your mind of, of what that is. So what, what do you think of when I say that phrase? The day of the Lord's return, perhaps? Do you think of uh, like an epic cosmic battle? Raise your hand if you, if you think of that. Yeah? What about the end of the world? Is it? Conjure up that, that idea and judgment and fire and brimstone. What is it exactly? Well, Pastor Tim Mackey from the Bible Project has shared a helpful analogy on the day of the Lord in particular and prophetic imagery in general. An analogy he says is very common in biblical scholarship. So this is how it goes. Imagine a mountain range like the Appalachian Mountains, for example. And you're, you're standing, let's say, uh, somewhere in the Shenandoah Valley, you know, pretty far off, and you're looking at the mountain range, and you're standing there, and you can see it's kind of one range, right? It's, it's, it's all, they're all clumped together, and that's like the day of the Lord, okay? And so the prophets, when they use this phrase, they'll either say the day of the Lord, or they'll say on that day, have you ever read that? Or sometimes it's called the day of distress, right? And it's, it's used all the way up until the New Covenant and into, of course, the book of Revelation. So all of those mountains and foothills have the same wording, right? Or the similar wording, um, and they're talking about the same thing. So from that perspective, they're all related, right? And so the prophets could be talking about one day of the Lord, right? But they could also be talking about another day of the Lord at the same time. So when they describe, for example, the fall of Babylon, right, which is, you know, the destruction of that kingdom, there's little hints in there that it's also about the destruction of the big Babylon, right? When Remember that kingdom that Babylon represents. So if you were, for example, in a hot air balloon, Above the mountain range, it wouldn't look quite the same, right? That would be like if you're actually looking at the scriptures um, one by one. And you'd be able to see all the different mountains, and, and you'd see the foothills and the valleys in between. And so that's what the prophetic books are like. They describe something like the day of the Lord, but it can have multiple occurrences in history, and like foothills that lead to the great big mountain. But you notice there's a big mountain in the back. And that, my friends, is what all the foothills are leading to. That is the great day of the Lord with a capital D. Does it make sense? Yes? Mostly? Okay. All right. Uh, so with that in mind, let's take a look at this week's Haftorah portion again, uh, where this is mentioned, the great day of the Lord. And these are excerpts from Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I am sending my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Suddenly he will come to his temple, the Lord whom you seek, and the messenger of the covenant, the one whom you desire. Behold, he is coming, says Adonai Tsevaot. That's the Lord of angel armies. But who can endure the days of his coming? 
Or who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and like soap for cleaning raw wool. For behold, the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace when all the proud and every evildoer will become stubble. The day that is coming will set them ablaze, says Adonai Tsevaot, leaving them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Then you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Remember the Torah of Moses, my servant, whom I commanded at Horeb, statutes and ordinances for all Israel. Behold, I'm going to send you, who? Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of Adonai. He will turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Else I will come and strike the land with utter destruction. So, it's a little heavy, but a bit of context for Malachi. So, the Israelites have returned from exile physically, but not really in their inner person. Do you know what I mean? So they're still doing the things that caused them to go into exile in the first place. And this is what Malachi, if you read chapter 1 and 2, this is what he's talking about. They are mistreating the poor. They're bringing diseased and perhaps three-legged animals as sacrifices into the temple. In, in other words, not bringing their best. Uh, they are not trusting God's love. They are worshiping other gods. They are neglecting the temple by not paying their tithe. And so here Malachi is pointing toward a future day of the Lord, the great day when the following will happen. And this is kind of a summary of what we read. So number one, I have it up there, I think. Yes, we see the restoration of families, right? Children with their parents, that restoration will occur, which was previously broken by sin and evil. So this is something leading up to the day of the Lord that God wants to do. Um, number two, we see fire and judgment, but we also see restoration and cleansing at the same time. So in other words, God will confront evil with fiery judgment, and that's all the bats who like darkness, right? They will be destroyed. Uh, but for those who honor God's name, God will save and restore them. So all the roosters who are awaiting the sun, right, will shine in the brightness of the new day. Remember, this, it said the sun of righteousness will arise, right, with healing in its wings. Number three, Israel will be able, again, to actually do the Torah, right, because he will write it on our hearts. And the Torah is what? Instruction for worshiping God and enacting justice on the earth. So we will see the renewal of restorative justice and worshiping God alone. And number four, there's a messenger who will come to prepare the way, right? And this is either Elijah or someone a lot like Elijah will come before this happens. Do you, did you see all of those things in the text that we read? You still with me? Just nod. Okay, good. So Elijah was, uh, he was a, a cool guy. He was perhaps Israel's most famous prophet, except for maybe Moses. 
And his coming, or someone in the spirit of Elijah, is associated with the coming of the Messiah. Right? In the New Covenant, this person uh, that is in the spirit of Elijah is revealed to be someone. And who is that person? Do you know? Yes, John the Baptist, also in Messianic Judaism called John the Immerser, but same guy. And so this week's New Covenant reading helps us make that connection. And this is from Luke chapter 1, verses uh, 8 and following. Now it happened to be Zechariah's time, this is John the Baptist's father, to serve as Cohen or priest before Adonai in the order of his division. According to the custom of the priestly office, it became his lot to enter the holy place of Adonai to burn incense. So here we see he's entering the temple, right? And that's what the, was, we saw that in the, in the prophetic book of Malachi. And the whole crowd of people was praying outside at the hour of incense burning. An angel of Adonai appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah was in turmoil when he saw the angel, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son, and you will name him John, Yohanan. And, he, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great before Adonai, and he should not drink wine and intoxicating beverage, but he will be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, just out of his mother's womb. And here's the kicker. Many of B'nai Yisrael will turn to Adonai their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of who? Elijah. To turn the hearts of fathers to the children. Where do we see that? In Malachi, right? And the disobedient ones to the wisdom of the righteous. In other words, it's not only a restoration of families, but it's a a return to the Lord of God's children, right? The disobedient ones to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready for Adonai a prepared people. So there's a preparation guy, prep guy, right? He's the warm-up guy, and and he's coming in the spirit of Elijah to restore families and restore people back to the Lord and to prepare the way for the Lord. Does that make sense? We see Israel in John the Baptist. Israel is turning back to God. We see a prophet in the spirit of Elijah. We see hearts of parents and children's children, <laughs> children's wow, children reconciled. We see that this is the messenger in Malachi preparing the way for the day of the Lord. There are, in fact, many more parallels between Elijah and John the Baptist. Similar clothing is described. Um, They are prophesying in exile or in the desert. The messenger announces the purification of Israel, and he announces the messianic king and preaching repentance in anticipation of the day of the Lord. One of the days of the Lord, a foothill that reminds us of the great mountain, was the Passover, which is coming up this week. In the Exodus story, God confronts the evil Pharaoh and the gods of Egypt 
and rescues his people. And God rescues the Israelites again and again, doesn't he? There's other exoduses. He, for example, he, he rescues them from exile, right? From the Babylonians. But the problem here is that there was a little bit of Pharaoh, a little bit of Egypt, a little bit of exile, a little bit of Babylon, a little bit of dishonoring the Lord, a little bit of hurting the poor and the children, a little bit of not giving God their best, a little bit of evil and sin in the hearts of the Israelites and in the hearts of all sons and daughters of Adam. And on another day of the Lord, which also took place on Passover, God inaugurated, he started another rescuing. And this was a deeper rescuing of the heart. And he prepared the way with the messenger, John the Baptist, and he dealt with the kingdom of Pharaoh and Babylon and sin in a kind of unique and probably unexpected way by dying. By dying, he defeated death. How backwards is that? Because that is the promise of Pharaoh and Babylon and sin. That's their greatest weapon, is death. So by receiving and absorbing death and sin, the Messiah took away the greatest weapon of the other team. And he was not held down by it because he went from death to resurrection life. The rabbis since Malachi have pondered over this figure, wondered who it was supposed to be, who was the figure that came after the Elijah figure, and they figured, sorry, no pun intended, they figured that it would be someone kind of like David, a Davidic figure. And the rabbis in rabbinic Judaism eventually figured out that the day of the Lord is brought forth by the Messiah, the son of David. So there's other parts of Tractate 98 in the Talmud that it doesn't just talk about the rooster and the bat and the day of the Lord, but it talks about the rabbis arguing who is the Messiah and what, what will he be like and when will he appear. And uh, so this is from another part of that piece of the Talmud. Rabbi Alexandri says, Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi raises a contradiction between two depictions of the coming of the Messiah. It is written, There came with the clouds of heaven one like unto a son of man, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. From Daniel 7, verses 13 and 14. And it is written, Behold, your king will come to you. He is just and victorious lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey, from Zechariah 9. Rabbi Alexandri explains, if the Jewish people merit redemption, the Messiah will come in a miraculous manner with the clouds of heaven. If they do not merit redemption, 
the Messiah will come lowly and riding upon a donkey. Well, you know, there's, there's another explanation. Perhaps. Perhaps the first time he was riding on a donkey into Jerusalem just before Passover, that day of the Lord. But maybe the second time, he'll be the cloud rider. Oh, yeah. So the first time, that was, that was a day of the Lord. When Yeshua died on Passover, he confronted evil and he rescued his people, just like the ancient Passover, by means of his death and resurrection. He inaugurated his reign as the king, like David. But the second time, when we see the Son of Man riding on the clouds, that will be the great day of the Lord, the mountain from which all these hills are defined. And he will finally defeat the kingdom of Pharaoh and death once and for all. And he will be crowned and consummated as king and lord Yeshua over Israel and over all nations. There will not be one trace of evil on the earth and not one trace of evil in the hearts of humankind. And he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will be no sunset or darkness because the light of the Lord will make everything on that great day filled with the brightness of God. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. So should we long for the great day of the Lord or not? Should we be a rooster or a bat? Rabbi Avraham Zajak says this about the story, and uh, I'm just going to let you play, I'm just going to let you hear, he talks about this piece of the Talmud and gives a really good explanation, but um, there's a moment in it where he says the Hebrew name for Isaiah, and then he says the word Mashiach, which is Messiah, and it's just very interesting the way he says it. So I'm just going to let you hear that, because it's interesting for that reason, <laughs> Um, there's, I think there's a name in there that he says accidentally, and also because he gives a very good explanation of the rooster and the bat and the day of the Lord. So if we have that available, I'd like to, to try to play that. Whoa! Those who desire, who yearn for the day of Hashem. Woe on you! Why do you want it? It's dark and not light. Who is this set to? So the Gemara gives a beautiful explanation that Mashur, I'll give you an example. There was a Tadna girl and an Atalite. There was a, there was a rooster and a bat. The bats are blind. And they were both sitting and waiting for the sunlight. They're waiting for the dawn. So the Tadna girl, the rooster tells the bat, Ani I'm waiting for the crack of dawn because I benefit from light. But you bat, what are you waiting for? To you, how many are waiting for Mashiach? Why are you waiting? For you, it won't be that great. That's what that heretic tells Mashiach. When will Mashiach come? So tells the heretic, When darkness 
will cover people like you. So he says, you're cursing me. So he responded, I'm not cursing you. I'm quoting a verse. It says in the Pasuk, behold, this is Yeshaya, Yeshua, Mashiach, that darkness will cover the world. And thick clouds will cover the nations. And ve'olayich, but on you, the Jewish people, Yizrach Hashem, God will shine. And God's glory, olayich, it will be seen upon you. I'm not cursing you, I'm notifying you that the times of Mashiach, like any other time, is it good or bad? It depends for whom. Is it Ganeidin or Gehenim? It depends for whom. That the times of Mashiach will be times that it will be great for those who are connected to God and the opposite for those who are disconnected from God, God willing to be continued. Amen. Yeah, I'm so glad that worked out. So the bat is in darkness and the rooster is in the light. And for those on Pharaoh's team, those who are opposed to God, the day of the Lord, unfortunately, is going to be rough. But for the rooster, for those who align with the Lord, the day of the Lord will be a rescuing day from evil, just like the Exodus and the Passover story. There will be great judgment, but also great restoration. And so the question is, what does this mean for us? Well, we are to go also in the spirit of Elijah, and we are to prepare the way for the Lord. And we are to do what Malachi and Elijah and John the Baptist did and told us to do. We are to get ready for that ultimate Passover, the great day of the Lord. And how do we do that? By repenting, by turning to God, by rescuing the poor and needy, by prioritizing God's house, by receiving the love of God, by restoring and purifying ourselves and our communities, by blessing and loving our neighbor and our enemies, by enacting justice for the oppressed and enslaved, by turning away from the idols, the idols of alcohol and sex and self and money and power and fame and anger and turning the hearts of the children to the parents and parents to their children and by turning our hearts back to God and by loving him first and others before ourselves. That is how we prepare the way for the day of the Lord. Amen? I'd like to uh, close with a song, if possible. Uh, this is not an original song, so don't get any ideas about that. This is uh, from my favorite band. Uh, they're called Cademan's Call. And uh, we'll ha- we're going to have the lyrics up there, so feel free to sing along. And it's called Prepare Ye the Way. And I think it summarizes very well uh, what we've been talking about. came one evening concerning his bride's great sin send down his word to renew her to prepare for the bridegroom again the word said repent 
from seeking vain glories while the gifts and the Lord's name you give. Repent of all the first stones cast to kill while your own self-righteousness lives. Prepare you the way for the Lord. Prepare you the way for the kingdom. Prepare you the way. Prepare you the way for the Lord. The word said, repent turn from your strivings, repent, turn from your hatred, repent from the doctrines of men that divide and tear like the wedding gown ripped, walk in his love like newborn children, walk in his love, let the wedding gown Walk in his love with humility, come with your hearts and cast all your cares to the wind. Sing with me, everybody. Prepare ye the way for the Lord. Prepare ye the way for the kingdom. Prepare ye the way. Prepare ye the way. evening concerning his bride's great sin he assured me we will be forgiven then let the marriage begin prepare ye the way for the Lord prepare ye the way for the kingdom prepare ye the way prepare ye the way for the Lord, prepare ye the way. Amen. He's so good. He's so good. Avinu, uh, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness that you rescue us and that you rescued us on Passover. You rescued us when the Messiah died and rose again, and you, and someday you're going to rescue us from all evil and help us to cling to you and help us to prepare the way in the spirit of Elijah even, like John the Immerser. Help us to purify and, and repent and draw nearer to you so that we can prepare for not just this Passover coming in a week, but for that ultimate Passover when you will rescue us and we, you will combine heaven and earth. And uh, we, we love you, Lord, because there is no other force on earth that can rescue and save like you and restore. You are the resurrection and the life. You are the son of David. You are Yeshua, the Messiah. And in his name we pray. Amen.